Hi guys, we're back for the second part of this talk with Mike Boyle. Did you enjoy the first one? If that was the case, come with us and listen to the second half of this conversation, where Mike talks about what is the expected time for an athlete to recover from a strength session, and what should be the relation of a strength and conditioning coach that works outside the club environment with his athletes and their respective football clubs. Let's dive into it. the other subject that we talked about um, as an owner of a strength and conditioning facility in where athletes work out uh, outside their club environment what are your precautions regarding low management of those athletes okay um, what strategies do you use to know if the athlete is recovered to perform a strength training uh, do you have any communication channels with your clubs any testing that you usually use or is it just self-reporting from the athlete um, I think it's a little bit of all of those in terms of some athletes, we do have communication with their clubs. Mm. In my case, based on just because of my age, I know a lot of the guys that are the strength and conditioning coaches for some of these clubs. And so I think there's a certain trust level there that I'm not going to do anything stupid because I think sometimes that's the biggest thing. When you talk about one, you need to not do dumb things. And I know that sounds simplistic, but it's true. When we think of, Sometimes when we look at the things we see on the internet, I'm, I'm horrified that uh, just the stupid things that people do with elite level athletes that they shouldn't do with anybody. I wouldn't do it with anybody's kid. I wouldn't do it with anybody's mother. I wouldn't do it with the elite athlete. So we need to make good sound programming decisions. We need to talk to the athlete. I talk to my athletes every day. Yeah. I talk to them and that I think that is probably your best monitoring method. Have a conversation with the guy. How do you feel? Then the second best monitoring method, watch them warm up. Look at their energy level. Look at how they move. I just posted an article that I wrote called Seeing is Believing. And in the Seeing is Believing article, one of the things I said, there's an American quote that says, what you do speaks so loudly I can't hear what you say. <laughs> and, and what I want to do is I want to watch these guys warm up. Some guys might say, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then you watch them warm up. And I'll look at them and think, you're not fine. And then they'll start, then they kind of open up, well, you know, I'm a little sore, my, you know, my hip's a little sore, my hamstring's a little sore. So you've got to be observant enough to look and think, is what I'm seeing aligning with what they're saying? Yeah. And yeah. so, and again, that's the trust thing. You've got to get these guys, uh, when we talk about business, we always talk about the idea that people want to do business with people they know, they like, and they trust. I believe as in strength and conditioning, it is exactly the same thing. People want their strength and conditioning coach to be someone they know, someone they like, and someone they trust. And so you've got to develop a relationship so these guys will tell you the truth. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, from your experience, from the several years working uh, with athletes, uh, how many days do you think is enough for the athlete to be fully recovered from a strength session and able to perform optimally in a football match? Okay, there are many things about, about this subject, so... I think two days is plenty. I don't, and again, there are some guys, the other thing you realize, there are some guys who like a, a brief workout the day of a game. Yeah. There are other guys who do not want to work out the day before a game. And again, I think this is where, from talking to guys, I have always been a don't work out the day before the game guy. So again, if we're playing, 
if we're playing two games in the weekend and we're going to play on Saturday and Sunday, then we're going to work out on Monday and Thursday. And it's that simple, and it's a little bit old school, a little bit old-fashioned, but I think that makes most players comfortable, the idea. And we're always going to do, like I always, you know, some people say I don't want to do the heavier workout right after the game. I look and think I want to do my hardest workout right after the game. Yeah. yeah. As, as far away from the next game as I can. Yeah. So, so for us, you know, a Sunday or a Monday is going to be the harder of the two days. The Wednesday or Thursday workout will be a fairly, you know, a lighter, easier total body kind of workout. The biggest thing for me, I want to be consistent. I never want to miss workouts. And that's where sometimes we might work out the day before the game. We might work out right after the game that night. Like say we might work out on a Saturday night when the game is right over because I want to try to maximize my recovery time without missing a day. I think not missing days is critical, particularly in a sport like football slash soccer for you guys. Because the biggest negative you can have is for a guy to get sore. Yeah. And when you miss a day or a week and guys come back and train again, they get sore. When they're sore, they think, I don't want to do this anymore because I don't like being sore. So consistency helps you to avoid soreness. So I want to be extremely consistent. I never want to miss a workout. And I, you know, we've gotten to the point of the teams that I've worked with where I would convince coaches – to let us get in the weight room rather than practice if we were going to do one or the other. I'd say I'd much rather get that strength workout in than get the time on the practice mm -hmm. field, pitch, whatever you want to talk about, so that we can maintain that consistency. Uh, reminds me of history of a player that, um, like like you said, most players really uh, stay comfortable, uh, like you said, uh, doing the workout like Monday and Wednesday. But uh, there are some players, there are some players, sorry, that uh, they like to do like an acceleration squat before some hours before the game, and just do a few sets, yep. and they feel well doing it. So right, <laughs> and we had one of my friends. Uh, Good friends worked for AS Roma the last couple of years, and they said they had a uh, an Eastern European player who liked to run. He wanted to run four or five miles the day after the game. Jesus, <laughs> and they hated for him to do it, but eventually they realized, okay, this guy he's always done this. He yeah. says he feels better. They started to let him do it, even yeah. though they didn't. And I had that when I was in Major League Baseball. We had some pitchers who wanted to do 40 minutes on the stairmaster the day after they started. And I didn't like it, but I looked at these guys and thought, these guys are 30-plus-year-old men. Yeah, you're not going to change them. <laughs> right. They've been Major League Baseball for 10 years, and this is what they like to do. So I think some of it, as you get to the higher levels, you have to develop some ability to compromise. You have to realize that I one of the things I tell anybody when they're at, when you get to the elite level of strength and conditioning, so you're in the Premier League, you're in La Liga, you're somewhere – In, you know, in the big leagues. And you have to realize everybody there got there without you. <laughs> yeah. Right? Everybody on that team was on that team before you showed up. And you've got to respect that. Whether, whether you believe in what they do or you don't believe in what, they, what you do or what they do, you have to realize they, somehow they got here. So I need to respect their journey and realize, hey, this guy got himself here somehow. So I've got to look at that and think, what did you do to get here? And what, you know, what's important to you, and then can we come to a compromise where you can do what's important to you, and you can do what's important to me? And by doing that, I've been able to get, I've, I've never failed to get an athlete to do what I want him to do, but I always, I think, particularly with these elite level guys, I start from the point of respect for their ability, 
and realizing that some guys got there and they never touched a weight ever. Yeah. You know, and you'd look at that guy and think, how could you possibly, because in my mind, I think that could be impossible. But then you see the guy who got there and he's like, I don't lift weights. I've never lifted weights. And then you've got to look at that guy. Now you've got to appeal to that guy and say, okay, I think I can help you play longer. And it's interesting. Um, Salah for for Liverpool, if you look, there was a Sports Illustrated article last year. and He credits the guys at Roma with helping him to become the player that he is now in the Premier League by helping him to train. And you realize that by developing that trust in these guys, that if you can develop the relationship, if you can get the guy to listen, you can really make a lot of impact with some of these level players. Yeah, I think it's always it's always the main thing, at least for me. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, last question, Michael. Okay, uh, what your advice is for strength and conditioning coaches that have their own facility and train athletes from clubs? How can they maintain an healthy relationship between the strength and conditioning facility and the sport club? Because, as you know, in sports environment, when everything is okay, it is all okay for everyone. But when everything, when something goes wrong, something, someone is to blame, or something is to blame always, every time. So, how would you answer this? Uh, I would say one at least attempt to keep the line of communication open. So if I was to get a guy from whatever league, whatever team, I would try to figure out, okay, who is this guy's strength and conditioning coach? What, again, what is important to him? Because again, if I show that person respect, okay, you're their strength and conditioning coach for 10 months out of the year. What's important to you? What do you want this guy doing? And that's even for me, when I was working for the Boston Red Sox, One of the things I did is I tried to find good facilities for my players to go to because I wasn't territorial. I wasn't protective, but I wanted them to be in good places with good people where someone would help them because I knew that was better than being in a bad place with bad people. And you realize guys are going to go someplace. They're going to go somewhere and train. So why not be one of the good guys that people want to send people to because they say, Well, he respects us. He knows that we don't do this or he knows that we don't do that or he knows that we like this or he knows our we like our guys to do that. All those things, if you can find out, it's when you – some guys will try to turn the player against their own team people yeah. by saying, you know, oh, don't do this, don't do that. It, that doesn't really make sense. And I've probably done a little bit of it myself sometimes because I've felt that what, you know, guys in their team situation maybe weren't getting exactly what they need. But I would tell you – Even though I've probably done it, I wouldn't consider it smart. I wouldn't consider it good business. And I would say try as best you can to realize that these guys are other people's athletes for whatever, nine or ten months of the year, and respect the process. Yeah, okay. Great, great message, Michael. Once again, it was an absolute pleasure. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on. And that's the end of this episode, of course. Once again, we thank again Mike for the availability to record this conversation in such short notice. We hope that these last couple episodes helped you in some sort of way to be more prepared to achieve the best possible outcomes with your own athletes. And, as always, the classic message. Comment and rate our podcast on our iTunes page, Mixcloud and our website footballmedicine.net. See you all next season.